0: This is the CW Spiral, a podcast run by three survivors of the CW's colon in
1: 2022. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed,
2: Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden,
1: bringing you history about the network and the WB, the latest news and in depth spoiler-filled discussions of the best and messiest shows to ever grace the small screen. So when we hopped, when we started doing our outline for this podcast, we thought we'd only have two pieces of news, but last night news broke and the strikes are over. So that's exciting for production, for all of broadcasts, with exception to the CW, (laughs) if they stick to their April release window. I mean, it's not that the writers' rooms aren't open. We do know Walker is open and Superman and Lois. And presumably that means All-American and All-American Homecoming's writers' rooms are back or will be back shortly. But as far as us getting our shows back, that may not be happening by the early 2024
2: Mm-hmm. I mean like I'm happy that obviously The writer's strike is over but the CW had this Like thing in place where it Shows would come later if They needed to since they had all the acquisitions And they did say that the shows would come Maybe or three if the four shows would come in Like March May, yeah, Between March and May time which I mean Makes sense but like Yeah now that the strike's over and that things are Starting to go back set or be set back In motion it does make you wonder if the CW Will be the last of the pack to catch up with the rest
1: And in some ways, I feel like that means, I mean, could it be strategic? Is there a method to the madness? Because everything else will be coming back, and then most of it will be starting to go off by the time Mm -hmm. that the CW shows come on. So they could be setting themselves up to not have to compete with the competition on the other channels.
3: I would, I'd love for them to have thought that strategically about it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but you saying no i don't, don't want no. <laughs> to give them too much credit <laughs> perhaps they stumbled upon a good idea i don't know
1: <laughs> i mean it's possible uh, but we do know that superman and lois will be the last of the cw originals pre nexter era 2 premiere it's unfortunate final season Um, I know people were saying it's like writing on the wall because of the massive amount of cuts and it just did not seem like the CW was going to give way to a season five, but it's still sad news.
2: It is. I mean, I want to get the good put out of the way first because I have a lot of other stuff to say about it, but like um, it's good that it's going to get a final season. It's good that it's going to get to go out on its own terms and it's good that these 10 episodes are going to wrap the show up, but it is a little disappointing because when we heard that it was sliced and diced within an inch of his life. Would I the voice, the logic voice inside my head was like, Well, this gives it another bit another year, potentially, maybe two years. And we know that James Gunn was happy for it to go on for one or two more years while they got Superman Legacy ready. And yeah, sure, the strike impacted Superman at Lois, but the strike also impacted Superman Legacy. So they were both stuck in that little kind of stalemate. So, like, once things got back up and going, there's no reason that Superman at Lois couldn't have carried on for two more seasons. Well, we waited for Superman Legacy, like but I don't know. Maybe they just went back to the drawing board and WB and CW had some conversations and just decided to end it here. And I mean, I do. I understand that and I respect that. But the show was envisioned as a five season story. So the fact that we got so close and this is going to be the season, the season without some of the cast members in it full time, it's kind of disappointing. Um, I'm excited to see how it goes out. I have no doubt that these writers will come up with an amazing way to end the story, especially now since we've kind of inadvertently found our way to Superman versus Lex Luthor, which does feel like a final season story. So that's going to be fun. But um, yeah, bittersweet all week because we hoped that the renewal could have guaranteed it maybe two more years of life because we know that was on the table at one point. It's just unfortunate that it wasn't to be.
1: I think um come the time that, you know, it returns, the fandom will have rallied together. It'll be a very communal experience as we watch these last 10 episodes. I do want to ask the network not to drag us through the entire summer with Superman and Lois. I would like to go through, like, no interruptions, just 10 episodes, you know, um, week to week, and then we wrap it up. I can't do what we were doing in season two.
2: No, no, we don't need that. <laughs> Ten week hiatus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, but also coming in twenty twenty four is WWE NXT, which beat NWA to the punch. Uh, it's coming in October of next year, which is exciting for the sports entertainment fans like you, Michael.
2: Yeah, I. I don't want to say I don't want to brag, but you know fast forward or rewind back to two weeks ago on this podcast i did say sports entertainment at wwe would be a good one for this for the cw i mean just when i'm out there reel me back in um because we lo- we lost the main, sh- main re- reason i'm watching the cw this week but we also may have gained a new one um so just for a quick catch-up wwe nxt is like the third brand that the WWE has, Raw and SmackDown have the main superstars on it, um, and there's ever since a couple of years ago, they have what's called the brand extension, so there are different superstars on Raw and different superstars on SmackDown, and once a year they have a draft where they draft superstars from one show to the other and back and forth and whatever. Um, NXT is like for the, it's their developmental brand, it's for the younger superstars, the up-and-comers, um, to kind of make a name for themselves when it first started 10 years ago, it was more kind of like what I call the wrestling version of the X factor in that it was basically a competition series and the winner would become the next big WWE superstar. They did away with that format and decided to turn it into a proper brand of wrestling. So it had storylines it had matches um, and they have their own like special events once a month, just like the main brand. Um, So it's really, really cool to know that it's going to end up on the CW of all places because that's where Smackdown was almost two decades ago. Um, And what is very, very interesting is that what a platform this is, because I know everyone says the CW is like the fifth of the big five, but it's still one of the big five. And NXT is currently on USA Network, um, which is obviously a cable network. But um, SmackDown is currently on Fox. This time next year, SmackDown will be moving to USA Network, which means NXT the little show that could. Their third brand for the up-and-comers is going to be the only WWE show on network television, on broadcast television, So, which means it's going to have the widest possible reach, which is kind of amazing um, because the up-and-comers, the potential superstars of the future, the legends of tomorrow, if you will, of Mm -hmm. WWE, um, they're going to have the biggest audience, the widest reach, and I just think that's so cool. Um, In recent weeks, WWE have been having main superstars on NXT to try and get the viewership up because they compete with the other wrestling brand. AEW also has a show on Wednesday, Tuesday nights. Um, so in recent weeks, they've had the NXT or the NXT Women's Championship was held by Becky Lynch, who's a raw superstar. One of the NXT titles was held by Dominic Mysterio who's a Raw superstar. They had John Cena appear on NXT. They had The Undertaker appear on NXT. So they've been going all out to get the viewership of NXT up. And now, now we know that it was to set the stage for its debut on network TV, which I just think is the coolest thing ever because now, now the young superstars have a huge platform on one of the big networks, which is just awesome. Um. So if NXT can draw 900,000 viewers on USA Network, who knows? It might be able to break that 1 million mark on, on broadcast television. Um it's an exciting time i could ramble about wwe and the cw and nxt all day but i am excited about this fun fact i recently watched my first episode of nxt a couple of weeks ago it was the one the undertaker appeared on no surprise there then pretends to be shocked <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, yeah i'm ready for this i kind of accidentally called it a couple of weeks ago it's super exciting times and if all the like outlandish programming the new cw has ordered this is one I can get behind because it's a perfect blend of sports and entertainment. I did a nice hair two weeks ago. That's what this network needs more of. Yeah. It is.
1: It's 2024 could be amazing for the CW. I, for one, want to see the marketing plan. I want to see how these promos start rolling out and how exactly, I, I mean, we had tried to manifest sort of a promo campaign that's was like the ones of old the WB, the WB, and the CW had done, where everybody under their roster had to do a whole thing together that was supposed to introduce like what was going to be happening for the year. I want them to do that again. I want to see the WWE NXT wrestlers. I mix mixing it up with some of the cast members of like Superman and Lois and like. I mean, how cool would it be for Clark Kent to be fighting like a real life wrestler? That'd be awesome. I just want I want someone at the at the company to be thinking about this. Just pull us in.
3: Yeah. Relaunch campaign. Come on. Yes. Yeah. I mean with everything <laughs>
1: like with the strikes done, they can just they can bank these and they can do one big one to just really bring us into the new, to the year.
3: Yeah, look, I didn't even take a marketing class in college and I'm like, come on, we need a relaunch campaign. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I dropped the marketing. I went to one class for marketing. And I said, no, not for me. And I dropped it. I took (laughs) took PR instead. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but no you're right i think the crossover is an I- amazing idea remember those classic cw promos when the network launched um and you would have like was it the one tree hill cast the smallville cast and suddenly green batista from smackdown exactly yes. all at the same time so if we did the, the crossover work then it certainly works now um and i remember not was smallville season six was the first one that premiered on the cw because it was 2006 i believe um they had Kane, the wwe superstar the undertaker's brother, a pair in an episode of Smallville as a wrestler from the Phantom Zone that Clark had to take on. So, I mean, like, well, one more the Undertaker <laughs> in <laughs> Sullivan's Crossing Season 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the old man in town. Like, make it happen. Wait, Michael, yes. I wanted
3: to ask, but I feel like I understood through context clues, NXT doesn't stand for anything. Does it mean next? I believe that's be what it means,
2: yes. It everything you were me.
3: saying made it seem like, oh, these are the next superstars. So I was Yeah, like,
2: okay, exactly. The next generation. And then in a couple of years, they're usually called up to and SmackDown, and then we have a new generation. So yeah, I do believe that's what NXT means. It's the little show that could. Everyone loves it, because at the end of the day, it guarantees the future of the company. Um, so if they can use one of the, the uh, WWE's classic networks like the CW to make it work, all for that. I think that's let's, awesome. Let's hope it's the little show that can. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. (laughs) It
3: does.
1: (laughs) Well, moving straight into our two-part finale uh, of Tarzan, Uh, I feel like we should just talk about the two episodes together rather than trying to keep them apart because they really, it really was set up as a two-part finale. Which I mean, Reid, I think that you were correct that they, the writing was on the wall, and they had, they had decided to just go ahead and do this real quickly.
3: Yeah, it was giving limited series, which I didn't mind. Although Mm -hmm. I still do. I would have loved five more seasons. (laughs) (laughs) But the way that I appreciate that, like it's a nice little limited series. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Who was doing that in 2003? No one.
1: No, I mean. But
3: like, I, I love the fact, though, that like in that time, in retrospect, you get canceled after eight and it's seen as a failure. And I'm like, no, you just made a great limited series.
2: Yeah.
1: I did, I have been rushed ending, <laughs> it was a rushed ending, The yeah. limited series as a whole, it was fantastic <laughs> We did get to, we had a starting point and we got to our end point and most of it was wrapped up
2: It was, and the, the, not to jump ahead to the final episode, but it was an unusual blend We played everything out like a normal episode, suddenly goes five minutes were filmed like a series finale It was like, do what you gotta do, you got it done, and surprisingly Tarzan got in and got out Um. But yeah, like what what a ride it took us on to get there because the final two episodes, different flavors from each of them. But it definitely, we said last week, it felt like it kicked off the series season finale kind of trope. This was like a trilogy of finale episodes. Each one offered something different. And yeah, I really loved both of them.
1: Mm-hmm. The episode seven really slowed us down. But in mm-hmm. a way that worked, I liked finally being out in nature with Tarzan and um, Jane being the one who was on the back foot. And clearly did not want to be around the bees, the water, the trees, anything that didn't. She's like, why? She loved being, that it was just the two of them. But she just hated being away from the concrete jungle. Even though this wasn't really a jungle, love.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I did love seeing him get to take her in her element. Because he's been so, like, fish out of water in the city. He feels so displaced. And now he's like,
2: welcome to my home. Mm-hmm that was beautiful <laughs> it was if tarzan was based on a comic this would be the comic accurate version it definitely felt like it was true to the story because this whole season was been all about like of course jane showing tarzan the rope so to speak of how to live in the city or the concrete jungle and this episode was very much like what a tarzan series of the original elk could have been like and you know it was really really nice because it was such a role reverse we kind of needed that before the show bowed out so I'm glad they actually took the time to do it um, sometimes when the press pause on the main story it can feel like a grind to a halt but this was necessary and you know the two actors sold it really really well because I could have watched them we, we went from knowledgeable, learning sweet, potentially romantic 40 minutes to Predator really 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 quick those last 10 minutes of the episode was all about the hunt and like you know they pulled it off
3: he was just climbing trees or trying to. That's what was happening.
2: Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: I was waiting for like the Bella and Edward moment where he grabs her and puts her on his back <laughs> and starts <laughs> climbing trees. <laughs>
1: that would have been funny. I think I've, for the amount of time that they had in episode seven, our penultimate episode, uh, uh, there's a lot of like breath to it. Um, I felt like I was watching... A movie. It kind of felt like the pilot episode where the pilot episode felt like we were d- moving through a lot really fast, but it worked because it felt like a, a miniature movie. The same thing with this penultimate episode. Uh, I did enjoy how much, um, time they got to spend together before the predator section happened. Uh, I thought that it really illuminated the differences between the two, but how Tarzan stands to spark something in Jane where she wants to try new things, even if they're out of her comfort zone. Uh, I also, I didn't believe him when he said he wasn't mad at her for what she said about not knowing him and therefore not wanting to run away with him. But I am glad that they moved past
2: it
1: (laughs) rather quickly because he took the night, played with some wolves and he was fine.
2: (laughs) Yeah, what she said to him, it hit hard and there's no doubt about it. They had that moment where he kind of looked at her and like she was like, is he going to come back in? And then he just slammed the door in her face. Like, no, come on, tell me, this man was mad. Um, But yeah, I'm glad they kind of jumped past that as well because I, kn- I know what she said needed to be said, but it, for me, that kind of felt like it came out of nowhere because it ruined quite a good, nice moment between the two of them. Um, And then, of course, we did get over it in the end. And I, that was the whole point of this episode. She had to see things through his lenses because the whole season, he's been trying to see th- things through hers. Um, and we do go back to that in the finales, learning all about like sports metaphors and stuff like that. But in this episode, it was all about her seeing things through his eyes, and between the fact that he was uh, able to like calm the wolves and play with the wolves and uh, tell her about how to like dull the pain of the beast thing as well. She definitely got to learn things from his perspective, and I think that was necessary. Well, I mean, I'm glad we got it done. The, the show was ended abruptly, even if it managed to end right. But um. I'm glad we got to do that because when when you pivot a show on its head, like Tarzana did, and it was very much him out of his element, we don't necessarily need to do the other thing. But I think in this case we did because he spent the whole season trying to learn things about the jungle. And one thing I did think was quite nice in this episode is he mostly learned the ways of the concrete jungle um even if it wasn't his home but he did he did point out that he never really felt back at home in the real jungle either because there was no one like him and I'm not saying that Jane is incredibly like him but he sees something in her that he connects with um I thought that really sold their story really really well especially since they had such a short amount of time to do that
1: I think for um the story they were trying to tell though at least in terms of you know, the difference between the, the law of the jungle and the law of man, a little shallow. Mm-hmm. And it's um, in the way that they were exploring it in the c- series as a whole. I say that because they were always brushing up against, you know, how he's a person of action. He, he, Tarzan is someone who's like, no, I'm not going to wait for like authorities to handle a situation. I'll just handle it myself. And Jane's always like, oh, but there's like rules to things like that. We have laws. There are certain ways you have to carry yourself and, and, um, interact with people. And I was like, I get all that, but there's nothing about these situations that really says that Tarzan's wrong in his thinking either. And you're not making a good case for the justice system, which may be the point. Um, but we haven't really talked about how it's a broken system. On, on the show. I mean, she does kind of get there when she says, you don't have to trust any of that. Just trust me. And I was like, that's true, but you are not an authority in the system. So even if he trusts you, it still could have gone horribly wrong.
2: Yeah, you're right. Hmm. And the fact is that uh- it's been a learning journey for her as well, but she's been trying to learn about her rules and stuff and seeing I like the fact they brought back the rules at the end. And um, because we, when that came up, I remember the three of us were like, Oh, this is just going to be an episodic plot. And it will be dropped after that. So we, that was kind of series finale esque that they brought up the idea of the rules again. Um, and the Tarzan gen- generally felt that there was nothing he could do about it other than what he was going to do, because the rules were not in his favor and the rules weren't in Jane's favor either. Um, the finale had a lot of work to do and it mostly pulled it off. But some of the things I thought that were kind of mm. about it was the fact that the captain who kind of trusted Jane and trusted Sam very much. So in the previous episode was suddenly like arrest warrant is being issued just to force the plot forward so she could be taken into custody and thus get out of cu- custody again. Um, and again, maybe that was a series finale decision. They had to make quickly. quick um, And then the fact is Jane operates like a detective again for the majority of that episode. But yet we're all aware of the fact that the rules won't work in the at the end. She figured out a good way to do it that ticked all the boxes. I I do feel like there was writing done in the finale that was like, okay, we don't have time to tell the story we're going to do. So we're going to get as quick, cheap, cheerful ending as possible. And, you know, they did pull it off. But like the fact that like Donald didn't get his moment to stand up and say the right thing. But they managed to disprove him anyway and make him look like an unreliable witness just to protect him from Richard and that Richard, the big bad villain, was just left there with egg on his face in the courtroom it was like, oh, well, that's that then. Whereas, you know, Richard would have more vengeance about him if it was. Um, yeah, over. I don't really know where I was going with that, but overall, I was just trying to say that generally the finale did what it needed to do. It brought back some nice key themes and elements as well that we did discuss throughout and it was a solid ending to it. Um, I agree. I would have liked to have seen more about how the system was not Tarzan's friend, even though he was innocent, about how the system was something that Jane had to tackle as well. We never really did find out if she got her job back either. So I guess there's just open-ended questions. I never would have imagined
3: when we started the show that it would end with a courtroom scene. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Never would have imagined that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and one that we sped through. With, uh, mm-hmm. with a coda over it. very like we knew how it was going to end because the song was very um, happy and uh, up the and twangy, um, which I mean, I like the song as a standalone, not necessarily over top the scene, uh, but I do think, you know, for as much as Jane kept talking about the rules and the ways that they have to do th- things, she gamed the system. Mm-hmm. that's how she won she didn't go through it the proper way she went through it by um discrediting donald who was completely fine with it because he just wanted to go home and he finally he was able to i uh i think the most interesting aspect um outside of like how they were going to untangle the web they had weaved uh, throughout the series was um richard and tarzan and their standoff As like we seem to be getting into this like little bubble of sense when it came to Richard because we were we've been struggling for a few episodes like what is his end game what is his motive and the idea that it's literally just about control uh, and it is um he said it's not a game Kathleen called it a game but he said it sounded like chess he's yeah. I'm impressed with him he makes a move I make a move it's my turn to counter and I was like oh that's an interesting dynamic between the two that we're not going to actually yeah. get to see it unfold
3: I'm confused, though, kind of, and maybe it's simple, but it seemed like when um, Tarzan got acquitted, is that a legal word that happened for him Mm -hmm. when he was found not guilty? (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like Richard was like, oh, well, this is over. I don't understand how that ends up being like the emancipation of Tarzan, because wouldn't Richard still want to like claim Tarzan, or yes, have control of him. I don't know how that court decision makes it. It they made it seem like Richard lost.
1: They did, but it, I put in our outline that it gives lifetime movie ending because that's how those movies tend to end like you have they have three minutes to wrap up the plot and there's like there's one thing they didn't tie up and doesn't quite make sense but then someone will get on the phone and say something very evil and they're like oh sequel they just chose not to do that in Tarzan I think I would have actually liked for them to do like after Tarzan and Jane take their shoes off and they have that cute moment as they're walking out of the courtroom for uh, Richard to get on the phone hmm um, and have yeah. something else to, to say. Because at least then it's an open-ended open ended ending for the show. Like Tarzan's free right now, but Richard isn't down for the count.
2: Mm-hmm. It was very much like a, um, we could have had that in there, but we chose not to kind of moment. Maybe they ran out of time. I don't know. But yeah, I agree. I feel like, so where we stand now, Richard has no legal advantage over them anymore. He can't use tarzan to get what he wants he has no legal claim over the company now that everyone are over um his inherit tarzan's inheritance now that everyone knows tarzan exists now that everyone knows he's not a murderer now that everyone knows he's not clinically insane so i believe richard was defeated in that element but we just what we know about him that's why the whole like like you said read that like oh hmm well, that's it, I'm lo- I've lost, doesn't really gel with the man who was saying jungle and animal metaphors a few minutes ago beforehand about how he's it's the law of the jungle and he's going to win and he's going to play dirty Maybe it's, we're supposed to believe that the whole like violent altercation with Tarzan changed his mind. I don't think it did. That was crazy. Did we talk it about was, that yet? Not yet, no. When Tarzan <laughs> went feral? <laughs> it was dark and I was shook.
3: <laughs> he was throwing flaming trash cans off of that overpass. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> It was very dramatic. I appreciated both of the actors in that scene uh, because, like Mitch Pileggi, was you know bleeding and dirty and dusty, like he broke, buck, broke, busted and disgusted, walking down the tracks and just screaming, <laughs> just screaming <laughs> the entire time. But it works as a as a, a mo- means of tension uh, because I felt unsettled waiting for Tarzan. I was like, "Where is he?" Um, it was really very effective dark
3: suspense. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. We kept hearing sounds and seeing things. I almost thought, like, is it not Tarzan? (laughs) Yeah.
2: They made it sound like wolves or something, which again made sense with the scene before or the the episode beforehand. And it was very well shot, the way you could just see like the, the ghostly figures passing by in the shadows. Um, very Batman-like, I've will have made that comparison before, um, but it definitely built the tension really well, I literally wrote down Tent- the tension's at an all-time high and I think maybe is that because it was the series finale as well, we were worried that is Tarzan going to go too far and there would be no coming back from this, because that would have been a heck of a cliffhanger. I was um, honestly cheering him on, I was like, I know like, you deserve it <laughs> <laughs> both of you deserve this moment <laughs> <laughs> and me, for Richard spending the whole season plotting in shady corners of limousine it was pretty, a pretty um, what's the word? Uh, apt that he got us come up with in a limousine. I, I really Still enjoyed. I don't it. know what he does. What he does for a living now? We don't. Mm-hmm. That uh, one of the big questions I have that I have written down for the uh, finale. We never find out what Greystoke did.
0: I wish it was technology.
1: We still, like, not only do we not know what Greystoke does, but also Tarzan can just do things.
3: We needed sci-fi, like, quickly. We did.
1: (laughs) Because, like, he also just slows his heartbeat down to, like, Mm. to appear dead. He's like, you can't do that? I was like, no one, people can't do that, Tarzan. I would like to know why you're able to. That doesn't seem like something you would develop in the jungle.
2: (laughs) It's not something you can learn. (laughs) I know, like,
3: the sci-fi was... In the text, <laughs> <laughs> we just never acknowledged it. You know what would have been a a serve of a cliffhanger: jumping off of your Richard getting on the phone. If he does, like, go into a shadowy corner of the courtroom, or like, we find him back in his study and he's on the phone, and it's revealed the other, he's like, "We need to do something. I need your help." And the other end of the line is Kathleen. I just really wanted oh. her to go bad. Yeah. I wanted her to go dirty and like <laughs> be a villain too. <laughs> like that we needed an great. unholy alliance.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, cause she is there's this look that she gives, though, I think in the courtroom, or maybe it was in a different scene that made that briefly had me going like, wait, if we had gotten a season two, is Kathleen going to turn coat, she has what secrets. is happening? She does. She's so
3: like holier than now. I'm like, there's something you're hiding the skeletons in the closet, and we it was locked. We never found the key. <laughs> no.
1: She came back refreshed, though, from, from the episode that she had missed because I wasn't her mm-hmm. haircut.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: yep. <laughs> I was yep. like, okay, Lucy Lawless has been somewhere. Her, oh. her
3: nephew was fighting for his life, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to get
2: a bob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've made the comparison before about how she feels like an 80s dynasty character and we I definitely got those vibes in the finale as well of course when we first saw her she was like sitting up on the couch so you haven't seen him in days I was like do something Kathleen (laughs) and then then she did do something and when she like that scene between her and Richard so good I love their scenes together I wish we got more their back and forth was just so good um and you, she wanted to save his life. But for Tarzan, I'm sure she looked like deep down. There was a wee bit of her that cared about him, even if he didn't make it easy. But like he was having none of it, the back and forth. And then I, I won't repeat the line. But the line she said to Richard at, at the end is like, you're speaking an animal for metaphors. I can be a real. I was like, oh, I want this, Kathleen. Loved and it. Have,
1: well, and that still would have worked for um, what Reed had said, too, because then a simple way to get around that in season two was that would be that they had actually they knew that the police were listening in on them in Richard's Mm -hmm. study so they need to keep up the facade that they actually hate one another and like once the bug is gone and the police are off Richard's back we can go back to plotting like we usually do like the public facing we hate each other internally though we're thick as thieves and we're going to get this inheritance
3: Would have been so juicy. I could I feel like the end of this season really tied up the story they were telling, the story they got stuck telling, because they just Mm -hmm. really kept committing to it. (laughs) And they wrapped it up. And I think a season two could have been like a a fresh start where maybe Jane doesn't need to be a cop anymore. And it's not gonna be a cop show. It could have just been a whole new thing. We actually learn what Greystoke is. (laughs) They mix up the. Oh wait. Um. I feel like a lot of things that we had like wanted to happen or like predicted would happen, happened. Like mm-hmm. Sabrina, you were like, "There's gonna be a one-off line
2: about Nikki." We don't know where she was, but she was mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> right when that came up and it, and it was to sam as well because i think that's what you said sabrina and it was to sam and i i like the fact was like oh i can't be out there when Nikki's at or when nicky's worried about me i was like we have Glad seen her just for a yeah right right <laughs> she was like yeah let, let's go off and live in the congo it's like but but nicky what about Nikki? um <laughs> she gives sarah in
3: superman and lois the the amount she cares about her sister what's the little, what's the little <laughs> one's name in superman and lois Oh, Sophie!
2: Sophie, <laughs> yeah, yep. at Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah,
1: towards the end of the se- the season, it definitely gave that. I think so. Sam said he would take care of Nikki, so I guess yeah. we were just going to keep her comfortable at the apartment or something. I have no idea, but I I really disliked how like we came to an abrupt ending too because the world was opening. We got to see Sam's apartment.
2: Yeah, yeah, very much so.
1: And I just I, we could have been there for a little bit longer uh i also like if we could just move away from the precinct too that would have been great i know one of jane's talking points was you know i have a i have a job or at least i think i do i was like how about we just you know resign from the police force um
3: like what if uh, she could have ended up teaming up with kathleen because doesn't kathleen like run some sort of publication she could have been Mm -hmm. like a a police Consultant for the paper, where she like helps report or something. I don't care. Fabricate a job where she comes <laughs> up with something else that's related to her old job, and that's how people like stay in the mix. Like she ends up finding out that Kathleen's not who she. I re- i really wanted her to be bad. <laughs> Every time <I> <laughs> Kathleen's like, I'm
2: pushing her toward villainy. <laughs> yeah, but a mix as them do yeah exactly i like it it would also explain why she was off screen so much and i I know there was only eight episodes and she wasn't like six of them to be fair but a lot of those episodes she showed up in the first scene to say hi to john she showed up in the last scene to call him back after he'd like jumped off a roof or something and it would explain why she was off screen so much i just find even the way they handled her kathleen remains such an intriguing character to me and i just i hope there was like a depth of like secrets and maybe lies beneath that and we never really got that um And yeah, we always did say Jane was kind of like had reporter elements to her as well. So that was she could absolutely could have pulled that off as another job. Um, and watching these two episodes back to back, it really reminded me of something you said last week, Reid, was that the reason last week's episode was so good, so high intensity was that they dropped the procedural element off it. And now we got two episodes that dropped the procedural element off it. And you really did say, like Sabrina said, the world was opening up. We got to see so much more. And I thought that was so good because like for an episode, again, the technically press pause for half of it and just focused on Tarzan and Jane. It was so much more engaging than those halfway back villain of the week plots we got. It, yeah, was. it
3: it proved what the show can do when it focuses on rich storytelling even in it could, it was possible that the show could do quieter moments with just two mm-hmm. characters they write those characters together really well not that we need every episode to be tarzan and jane in a jungle flirting and doing whatever else they did but i'm like there's so much potential <laughs> Mm-hmm. Again, I really want to know what happened behind the scenes.
1: Is why why pull the bug, especially when the scene. I don't. The budget was budgeting, um in in the last two episodes. Not just with being able to see Sam's face, but also we had gotten characters, uh that were important to the plot and just weren't like one offs. And Michael, you had said that in order for the procedurals cases to work better. We need to actually be invested in the uh, the characters that they introduced us to. I was invested in the young lady who liked Donald as a person mm-hmm. and wanted um, him to get the help he needed. She stuck around for a bit. So I was like, oh, this is what, the, what Michael was talking about. This is what we needed, actually. Because she also, if they seated her right, we could have had her around in either ways if they wanted to let that happen. I just think that uh we were getting to the places that we needed to get to and I guess it just wasn't fast enough for the WB, but it was It was getting there. I just felt like you could see the ways in which they were growing, uh, and I wish it hadn't been cut short, uh, especially because we were getting somewhere with Tarzan and Jane, too. And no, spoiler alert for people who have not been watching the show along with us, but have been listening or watching our podcast, there is no kiss between the two. Kathleen, uh, Kathleen kisses Tarzan on the cheek, but uh, Jane does not kiss him on the cheek or at all,
3: period. But I think way in the beginning, I don't know what episode it was, if it was episode one or two, or three, when I said this, but I was like, she's going to call him Tarzan and it's going to be a moment. And I gasped. Yeah. I gasped. I oh, And I clutched my pearls. I was like, it happened. <laughs> it came true. <through." laughs>
2: what a moment. And that I- was like
3: so much. I mean, I would have loved to kiss, but it was to me, for me, the way I was watching this relationship, it was so much more intimate than the mm-hmm. kiss for me mm-hmm. because it was finally her, they felt equal. Now, I don't know, there was something about it. And her, the symbolism of her taking off her shoes, it also That's felt intimate yeah. of being like, it's us together now. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna meet you at your level and stop trying to push you into a box mm-hmm. and hide you away.
2: like you can be who you are. I don't know. I just loved that how that ended up. It was so good. And the fact that it was like the episode was literally called the end of the beginning. It was like we finally shed that original storyline. John John has overcome this. He's no longer John anymore. And a lot of it was for Jane accepting that this person called John John Jr wasn't actually your typical person and she really struggled with that throughout the whole thing. We even saw it in the penultimate episode. Like the fact that He's not like anybody else, and he's so innocent, but he can be aggressive when there's there's wrongdoing done. That was the moment she finally accepted him as Tarzan. And you're right; that was, if, if anything, that was the right way to go out, um, because you do end with such a sense of fulfillment, even if we didn't go everywhere we were going to go.
1: I think so too. I just wish that we had more time with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I just, I, which is funny because it's not like every episode we watched didn't have very vulnerable in amazing moments between the two of them, whether they were romantic or they were about character development, all of it worked together to present you with this pair of people who love one another. Like obviously it's season one, so they were never going to get to the love declaration, but it's very obvious. That they do, even if they don't quite understand each other all the way, they're on the road to being able to like accept each other's differences, see where they connect, and also learn from one another. I think that's one of the great parts of their relationship is that they're learning together. It's not just that Tarzan is learning about the city from Jane. Jane's learning a lot about letting go and that everything doesn't have to be just so. You can, you can embrace the unexpected.
2: Mm-hmm. and it can be exciting and there, there is no one that won't say that John or Tarzan didn't bring a lot of excitement into Jane's life because I think that was part of her eternal struggle and that she liked things perfect, she liked things as she can see them, she liked things as she can understand them and stressful as that life was for the last eight episodes it was exciting to her and I think she really finally figured that out in the jungle episode or in the uh, forest episode if you will um, and yet on, all the, on that note about the world starting to open up like the cabin setting, the forest setting, like in today's day and age, you don't see that many shows. I fell in my doors for so long. Obviously, they were on it was a nation. They, they were that,
3: that night shoot too.
2: Yeah. Again, and I used I used the predator comparison: big budget movie versus slow budget TV show. The fact that they pulled it off, testament to them. You don't see things see, like and that. I
3: respect that. If you if you're going out, use every penny that you're allotted. Yeah, <laughs> 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 and ain't
2: going anywhere else. <laughs>
1: so what else from the final two episodes um so i really just want to talk about tarzan and jane again the, the innocence uh, of of the two of them i guess if we ever were to get eric Kripke on the pod uh he might discuss that part that might be the reason why there isn't a kiss i'm not necessarily invested in one i think it's more so i thought that the fake elves were contrived so they might as well done it mm-hmm. uh but i do to go back to reed's point i do like that the the commenting um intimacy of their relationship is her calling him by his name after mm-hmm. he's a, a freed man and they've gone through all of this together uh it shows that she sees him completely now um and i think that's Great acknowledgement, especially because she spent like the whole season just calling him John. It wasn't even interchangeable. He said he has two names. Use them both if you're going to use them at all.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was full circle, and I mean, like, I'm not sure you can get better than that. Of course, oops, of course, romantically, like, um, we wanted a kiss. Of course, that's where it felt like the story was going. But it, Tarzan, if anything, was probably a story about learning and acceptance on both their parts, and you can't really get more accepting than that. In that final scene, everything was where it needed to be by the end. And even if the whole story wasn't told, the bare bones of it was told. And I think that we've talked about a few shows that came to abrupt endings, even though they had more than enough warning that didn't make the most of it or bit off more than they could show. The fact that Tarzan had quite a lot of pieces in play and managed to deliver as satisfying a finale as that in probably, let's be honest, probably one, maybe two episodes testament to them very well done i really couldn't have asked for more
3: for sure. i keep harping on it though yeah. but i can't help but feel that like the ending was also a beginning yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we were just getting started
1: oh wait was that the title
3: yeah the end yeah. of the beginning
1: yeah i think yeah mm-hmm. so i mean maybe that's what they meant
3: <laughs> like it this the end of the beginning of their story mm-hmm. it was a new beginning
1: I'm not going to lie, I'm a little sad that I this know. journey has ended. It feels like uh, when we finished Windy. Yeah. And then we were told it wasn't coming back. It just feels like that we should have been in this playground a little bit more. I, we didn't, we're 20 years late. So it's not like there was a campaign <laughs> launch or anything. Oh,
3: but we need still. We it though. I feel like a reboot, not even if it's not the same actor's. Just like a reboot of the story because I I'm sad that it's over and we don't have any more. I'm sad for the potential that wasn't able to be taken advantage of even in these eight episodes. it's as much as I adore this show, I I mean we've been talking about it for seven weeks. how much there's in the show that we're like oh, the push and pull I wish they got to do, they got, had gotten to a place where they could tell, looser stories or something else it just feels so stuck in this like oh we have to figure out this situation i don't know i'm i'm it's bittersweet because i do love it and then i'm like so much potential so much that could have happened i don't know was the world not ready for it
1: Maybe not, but I mean, remakes happen all the time. I mean, The Buccaneers is on Apple TV Plus right now, and that was, I don't remember if it was a 1995 film or a 1995 series. I've never
3: heard of it. I was like, what is this?
1: Uh, right, <laughs> but I mean, it looked very cute when I was looking at the trailer, but I mean, if we can bring back things that were had premiered in the 90s, we can do the same thing for the 2000s. It's been enough time for Tarzan to be rebooted, I and mean, we can start yeah. again. <laughs>
3: Mm -hmm. just know jane is a police officer Sci-fi this time
1: (laughs) yes sci-fi in the city nikki actually gets to do things if we have sterling gray
3: stoke is
1: right if sterling sterling k brown is in it he gets to actually have something to do
3: (laughs) i mean we have some pretty solid notes and ideas i feel like yeah and throughout our whole
2: journey we've had some great concepts I know. Even in this episode <laughs> right. and this this show had like what we would have called a lot of up-and-coming young actors back then but like imagine if we did a revival 20 years down the line like there would be some huge names now of course sarah wayne callies has enjoyed such a success and um, travis of course as well um lucy lawless of course um mm-hmm. and mitch peleggi is always there but like leighton meester coming back could you imagine that wouldn't that be like finding out where all these characters landed 20 years later and um, Richard's still desperately trying to get that inheritance um maybe, maybe Kathleen ousted him two decades ago and he's trying to get back in um that would have been so exciting to think about but it is what's also interesting is that could you imagine if the show was as successful as Smallville and it was still on the air for and it was on the air for like 10 years in the way that smallville was like it would have only end in 2013. It would have been so good right yeah. all the stories they could have done i know a lot of these big actors would have missed out on their big roles of, of the roles of a lifetime that ultimately met them but like yeah if tarzan had been the success it could that could have been that role for them it's just unfortunate how it never lined up because For the time period it came in, the content the show was giving Procedural Nature aside, it should have worked. It's just such a shame that it didn't.
1: It's about when it came on, it really was just poor timing in terms of what else was on television. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if maybe they dropped it in the summer, we could have been talking about, oh, the seven seasons of Tarzan. Or like on on this pod like do you remember when we were such and such age and we were sitting there rooting for Tarzan and Jane and waiting for Nikki's return that would have been really great bad. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm just like imagining what because I I just I feel like they were about to they could have abandoned the entire conceit of season one and just like rebooted everything and mm-hmm. It would have gotten even better it would have been one of those shows like you just got to get through season one <laughs> you got to get through season one
1: <laughs> for sure there's so much they could have done tarzan could have encountered the homeless problem in the city mm-hmm. and then the, like i just really wanted everything didn't have to be a psa but for like tarzan to be someone who you know wasn't aware of whatever was going on in the U S and was learning about, about community and the way humans treat one another, him being like someone who wants to be very involved in in the community would have worked vigilante Mm -hmm. era Tarzan too would have been great.com third season.
2: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) They should have the Tarzan signal and turn it on. Um, But like, yeah, Jane and Sam could have set up a private investigators uh, organization. Um, Tarzan could have been the resource they used because everyone wondered how they always got the job done um there would have been so much there they obviously would have had to come up with a lot more personal drama if the Richard stuff was gone a lot of more personal stuff to Tarzan but like you said Sabrina seeing the city through Tarzan's eyes that would have presented so many much many rich opportunities for that um subway fight <gasps> yeah oh my goodness yes <laughs> it's
1: like all of our ideas okay you know what if anyone's doing a reboot uh Producer, credit us. For the three of us, right <laughs> and like, watch your pod talk to us doing like just let us come and help
3: we have yep. ideas we Endless. do yeah we see the vision that was not envisioned in 2003 <laughs> so,
1: someone is gonna be listening to this and drop a comma and be like y'all should be the vision be the change you want to see <laughs> right i have the a show. Pitch
3: for new tarzan or tarzan and jane's son kj yes oh yes. <laughs> my goodness yes boom <laughs> I'm already in casting mode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen, we got ideas. The mole found a way to bring WWE back to CW. We, we, we got this. We can do this. Yeah, mole, it takes your time, but I really feel like this is one that could work out for everybody.
3: So, I mean, mm-hmm. get cooking, mole. We'll see please, you in 2024. We'll give you that much time. You have deadline, mole. <laughs> get the paper brush together.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you should end it there because the mole's going to be like, I'm not taking any more notes. Yeah. The notepad is full.
2: She's like that by now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this is the end of our Tarzan journey, which means that we have to pick a new one soon. Uh, but we do have a Thanksgiving special coming up that we're really excited about. Uh, we are watching an episode from Gossip Girl and an episode from Gilmore Girls. It's going to be a double feature. Uh, so you can join us. I'm going to give you guys the episode titles now, just in case you want to get yourselves ready. And get us some questions, uh, but it is going to be Gossip Girl season one, episode nine, Blair Waldorf must pie, and Gilmore Girls season three, episode nine, a deep fried Korean Thanksgiving.
2: So excited! So rad! I. Yes.
1: <laughs> we'll see y'all then. Thank you for listening and for watching. Where the CW Spiral. I'm Sabrina.
2: I'm Michael. And I'm Reid.
1: Hi, y'all.